even as we remain standing i would like to share the word for this year for 2023 and i would like you to remain standing as we read this passage it's taken from jeremiah 29:11 jeremiah 29:11 it's a very familiar passage i think in almost every christian home you'll find this on the wall somewhere but we're going to meditate on this and see what does it mean to us today what did, why did god speak this word and what does it mean to us today and so the past couple of weeks as we were preparing for the service you know this is the word that god put on our hearts to share with you and so i would like to share this with you jeremiah 29:11 says like this for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future amen shall we all read this together for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future amen shall we raise our hands and say lord thank you for your word thank you for your word thank you for reminding us that there is hope that there is a new beginning for us in jesus name amen so even as we remain standing just two more minutes i would like to share a few things with you very familiar passage to most of us very familiar passage even as we sang that song yesterday i have a hope i have a future you know it's it's based out of this song you know when you look at life you know if you are a person who is walking through situations or circumstances where you feel like maybe god has forgotten me you feel like i don't know maybe god does not remember me i want you to know today that as we meditate on his word he has never forgotten you he will never ever forget you if you are maybe thinking you know i don't know i'm going through circumstances i feel like it's better to die i feel like giving up on everything i feel like you know giving up this life that i have as we look at this word we are reminded that we don't have to think that our life is over but remember that god is able to create new beginnings amen because our lord our jesus is the lord of new beginnings it may seem like we have hit the dead end we have reached the dead end of life but god says no i can make waters come out of dry lands i can make streams come out of the desert he can do that we see in the wilderness people thought where are we going to get water god told moses strike that rock speak to the rock and water came out god is able to create new beginnings maybe you're someone here thinking you know 2022 was a glorious year it was a awesome year it was a glorious experience i wonder what god's going to do next in my life and i want to tell this to you i want to share this with you you may have seen a cloud of blessing a cloud that's the size of a fist you may have seen something in 2022 but what you're going to see in 2023 is going to be a mighty rain of blessing mighty rain of god's blessing so your your the days that are to come the months that are to come is going to be a glorious experience maybe for some you know you're thinking 2022 was too challenging a lot of discouragements that came my way maybe you're thinking that 2023 is also going to be filled with challenges with hopelessness but let me remind you this yes 
in 2022 you faced battles and probably in 2023 you'll face even more battles but i want you to know greater the battle greater the victory because the same god who fought for you in 2022 will fight for you you will experience moments in 2023 where god will open your eyes to see that he is fighting battles for you so don't lose hope and don't be discouraged amen can we lift our hands and say lord we thank you for your word thank you for speaking to us thank you for encouraging us in jesus name we pray amen amen let's give the lord a clap offering Hallelujah. Please be seated. Please be seated. Amen. Our God is a good God. Jeremiah 29:11 is a beautiful prophetic word that God gave to Israel thousands and thousands of years ago. And uh even as we read that passage, it reminds us of what God can do. Amen. It reminds us of what God is capable of. So I want to take you through this passage and share more with you. I want to divide this passage Jeremiah 29:11 into three parts and share with you. And so as I share I encourage you to take notes. I'll be quoting a lot of verses. Take notes and meditate on them as you uh, after the service. Jeremiah 29:11. If you look at the context of this passage, we see God gives Jeremiah the prophet a message. Now if you know anything about Jeremiah Jeremiah was a weeping prophet he was a timid man when God asked him to you know do the prophetic ministry he said God I cannot do on my own I need someone who can speak on behalf of me so he was one of those prophets who had a spokesperson for him so God will give him the word he will write it down and he had an assistant who would speak those words now the situation here is that the people of israel committed sin against god because of which god has sent them as captives to babylon the babylonians came parceled everyone took them to their uh, country and so israel is in a bad shape right now they are in exile they are in captivity and according to god's prophetic word they will be in captivity for over 70 years it's not 7 months not 7 days not 17 years but 70 70 years of captivity in the land now when the people of israel are there god speaks to them through the prophet sends a letter now if you turn with me to jeremiah chapter 29 verse 1 jeremiah 29:1 it says like this this is the text of the letter that the prophet jeremiah sent from jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests and prophets and all the other people and other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon now this letter was sent through a diplomat and if you go to verse 3 it says like this he entrusted the letter to Elash son of Shaphan and to Gemariah son of Hilkiah whom Zedekiah king of Judah had sent to king Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon so what happens is this promise was 2911 is is actually part of a letter is is part of a long letter that jeremiah wrote to the people now to understand this verse better we must read the full contents of the letter and so we're going to start from verse 4 onwards and we're going to read up to verse 10 it says like this this is what the lord almighty the god of israel says to all those i carried into exile from jerusalem to babylon 
build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Can you underline that phrase? Increase in number there and do not decrease. Verse 7, also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Now the people of Israel thought that who carried them? The Babylonians. But what is God telling them? Which I have carried you into exile. It goes on to say, pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Verse 8, yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams they encourage you to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Verse 10, this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back into this place. And finally, verse 11 comes, where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So what do we see here? In this context, we see that Israelites were not living in their own land, but in a foreign land. I've shared this with you before. The Israelites considered their place, their land as a holy place. And so it is so important for them to live in their land. But because of the sins they committed, because of the immoral activities they did, God sent them out of the land. Now, if you were to ask, what, what did they do? What exactly did they do? The Bible describes like this, that they committed sins more than the nation's who previously lived in that place. So think of the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, the Ammonites, who lived in that place that God gave them. The Bible says they committed more sin than those people. Now God took those people out because they were sinning against God. And God places Israel there. And when Israel does the same thing, God allows them to be taken as captives. So if you, if you read 2 Kings 21.9, it says like this, but the people did not listen. Manasseh led them astray. So they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. If you know anything about Manasseh, you must know that he, is, he was the most wicked king in Israel. He, they were so bad that God allowed Babylonians to take Israel as captive. So the exile is lasting for a period of 70 years, which is almost, you know, one or two generations will go by, will be born and raised in Babylon. So for an Israelite, living in a foreign land is a great torture. That is why if you read Psalm 131, sorry, Psalm 137, it says like this, verse one to three, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept down. When we wept, we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. You look at the state, the mental state of the people here. They were greatly disappointed. They were weeping because they're living in a foreign land. Now at this point, Israel thought that God has forgotten them. 
God has abandoned them, that there is no hope. They felt like life is hopeless. You know, sometimes we feel that way, right? We feel that way. That, that you know, when we, when we hear testimonies of someone saying that God, uh, that God healed them, and you'll be like, where is my healing? I'm praying for many years. We might be praying for someone, and, and, and then we hear, uh, you know, we might be a believer for like 20 years, and then we may see a new believer come to the Lord and immediately experience miracles. And then we'll be wondering, 20 years in the Lord, <laughs> where is my miracle? Sometimes it may seem like life is hopeless, God is not answering my prayers, God is not doing what he's supposed to do. Israelites felt this way. But it is at that moment God speaks this powerful word saying, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, I want to break this verse down and explain it part by part so that we can understand what this message means. The first part of this verse is this phrase, for I know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. This is the message God gives Israel. And I believe that as we begin this new year, it's a reminder for us also that I know the plans I have for you. For God has plans for you. Now, what does it mean? What does it mean? It simply means that God thinks about us. God thinks about us. You know, you call someone whom you love, and if they tell you, you know, hey, I was just thinking about you, how special would you feel? You'll feel, you know, someone's, you know, thinking about me. They're thinking some good things about me. I tell you, every time we come to worship, we must remind ourselves that I worship the God who thinks about me. I worship the God who knows me. I worship the God who has plans for my life. You see, the moment we come to that understanding and, and realize that God has plans for me, then we will come to a stage where we will say, I don't have to worry about my future. I don't have to worry about what college next, what job next, because God thinks about me He's always, he's already, already has a plan for me. David says like this in Psalm 40 verse 5. He says, many Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done. And I love the next phrase. What does it say? The things you planned for us. Isn't that amazing? God has plans for us. Sometimes we forget that. See, it's a, it's a very simple truth. All of us know it, Right? All of us know it, but how many times when we are filling up those college applications and when we receive a result saying that you're rejected, how many times, you know, we lose our mind and think, God, why? How many times do we realize that the God whom I worship has plans for me? Your marriage is already planned out. Your children already planned out. The name already planned out by God. Everything, every step, every stage of your life is already planned out for by God. See, every time we look at our future, you know, and especially in the world we are living right now, in the times we are living right now, where the economic situation is bad, yesterday I saw this headline saying, Google is firing people. You know, Google is sending people home uh, because you know, they are cutting down cost and so they are sending emails to Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, because he's known to be a nice man. But apparently Sundar Pichai also couldn't help them. 
There's a lot of uncertainty when we think of the future. There's a lot of uncertainty that will come into our mind. But as we meditate on this verse, we are reminded that we don't have to worry. We don't have to battle with uncertainty because my God has plans for my life. We always are at this point where we're saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what decision to make. I don't know whom I should marry. Some, sometimes we might be thinking, I don't know if I'll find the right partner for my life. We battle so much with uncertainty. When you look at your future, you may feel discouraged, but as you look at God's word, it reminds us that God is thinking about you. That the great God, the best planner in the world, the creator, he can call things into existence. He is planning out your life. In fact, he has already written the script for your life. And let me remind you, it's glorious. It's marvelous. David says like this in Psalm 139, verse 16 to 17, he says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that amazing? I remember, you know, those days when I used to live in depression, this was one of my favorite verses because I always felt like nobody likes me. But you know, as I look at this word, I'm reminded that he saw me even before this shape, you know, my unformed body. He saw the, the details of my body even before my mother could see me. That's what the Bible reminds us. Even if our mother forsakes us, our Lord will never forsake us. Why? Because even before we were fully formed, every detail of our life was written and planned by God. I love verse 17. David goes on to say, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. May I ask you something? How many times do we wake up in the morning and rejoice in the fact that God has plans for my life? How many times do we wake up in the morning and rejoice that God has a great future in store for me? I tell you, most of the days when we wake up, we are thinking, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, and you know, somehow get things done. Our mind is constantly under a lot of stress. How many times do we give our mind some rest saying, God has planned everything for me. Everything will fall into place. There's a beautiful verse in Psalm 115 verse 12. It says like this, the Lord remembers us. In some translation, it says the Lord is mindful of us. And what will he do? He will bless us. He will bless his people, Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. You know, sometimes we may walk through seasons of life where we feel very dry in our spirit, where we feel like, God, I'm not enjoying that, you know, that time like I used to. We may walk through seasons where we will feel spiritually dull. And in those moments, it's always easy to conclude that God has forgotten me. God has taken his presence away from me. But the truth is this, that will always stand, that he will never, ever forget us. He will always remember us. See, it's the enemy's tactic to remind you that God has forgotten you. I remember in my life, when I was battling with depression and I was just coming into the Lord, one day I heard this loud voice that I believed and that voice said, God has forgotten you. God has forgotten you. And I was just, you know, new in the Lord and I couldn't bear that thought. Couldn't bear that thought. I felt so hopeless. And the next voice I heard is, go kill yourself. 
go kill yourself. I still remember those moments so clearly because it was a battle between life and death. But at that moment, I tell you, something beautiful happened. My mom was in the other room and she started worshiping God out of her own. She didn't know what I was going through, but she started worshiping God. As she worshiped God in the next room, I began to sense a deliverance in my heart. God delivered me and God reminded me once again that he has loved me with an everlasting love. One of the defining moments of my life is one day as I was praying, I heard these words very clearly. I have loved you with an everlasting love. The moment I heard those words, you know, I couldn't stop crying. I was weeping, I was weeping because I, I couldn't believe that the God who created everything loves me and I could sense his presence in that room and my life changed from that day onwards. No matter what you're going through, I want you to know this church, no matter what troubles you may be facing, God has never forgotten you. To the people of Israel who are thinking, you know, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down, we wept when we thought of Zion. They were so tormented in their spirit, but God says, I have not forgotten you. Amen. Don't listen to what the enemy says. Don't listen to the hopeless thoughts. You may be praying for something and always the this voice in the back of your mind will be, it's not going to happen. Your prayers are not going to work. Never hear, pay attention to those words, but rather pay attention to what the Bible tells us. Amen? So the first thing that we see in this verse is that phrase, for I know the plans I have for you. And the next part of this verse is the next phrase that says, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. We're going to meditate on that phrase. Second part is plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Now, as we come to the second part of this verse, we get to know the kind of thoughts that God has towards us, the kind of plans that God has towards us. First, we see, for I know the plans I have for you. Next part, we are given an idea what kind of plans God has for us. It says like this, plans to prosper and not to harm you. But if you, if you look at this passage, it's very interesting. And yesterday as I was reading through it multiple times, I couldn't believe that this is in the Bible. Jeremiah 29, chapter, chapter 29, verse 4. If you go to that verse, there's something very interesting here. Now, the people of Israel are in Babylon, but look at, look at what God says. Verse 5, Jeremiah 29, verse 5, it says like this, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Okay, now think of the situation. They want to get out of that place, but God is telling, settle down. Plant gardens, eat what they produce. Sometimes, you know, certain things doesn't make sense. We may be walking through a dry season of life, but God, you know what he desires? That we prosper even in those dry seasons. See, when we go through challenges, we give up and say, God, once I am out of this situation, then I will do everything. Once I'm out of this situation, then I will do something. But God says, wherever you are, whatever you are going through, continue to prosper in that place. If you read verse 6, it says like this, marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. And then I, this one phrase, increase in number, do not decrease. 
See, this is what God desires from us. Now, I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel here, but I want you to understand that God desires that his children prosper wherever they are, whatever they're going through. So many times I see God's people give up everything because they're going through a tough situation. They give up everything because they're facing a challenge. And all they're doing is waiting for the challenge to get over so that they can start their normal life. God says, you're walking through a dry season. You're in a different place, but prosper in those dry places. Amen? Amen. Prosper in those dry places. So Israelites are thinking, only if we could get back to Jerusalem, only if we can go back to our land, we will prosper. But God says, prosper wherever you are. It's a difficult place, but prosper even in that place. Even in that place. God says, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce. Increase in number there, do not decrease. And if you read verse 6, God tells them, seek the peace and prosperity to the city which have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, if someone carries you away, okay, if someone takes you away without, you know, against your will, and they've kept you uh, in a certain place, and, and then God's word comes to you and says, pray for their prosperity. <laughs> for what, you know, to carry more people away? No. You see, this, this reminds us that God is sovereign even in this situation. That he's in control even in this situation. It may seem like, you know, the Babylonians have a higher power. God says, go there and prosper. So, you know, when you look at the Jewish people, they're all over the world. They've spread all over the world. And wherever they go, they prosper. Have you noticed that? Some of the billionaires, some of the biggest investors, some of the geniuses are all Jewish people. There's something that comes from the word of God that wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever you are facing, continue to prosper in that place. Amen. The Israelites were thinking, when will we get out? When will we come out of this place? But God says, prosper in a difficult place. Amen. So God's word to Israel was, prosper in the dark times. And that is why it says, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Next part, finally, let's go into the last part of this verse. It says, plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, previously, what we read is, plans to prosper and not to harm. The final part is, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, why does God say this? Why does God say this? Because the reason why God says this is because his ultimate plan always is to give us a hope and a future, hope and a future. When you look at these two words, hope and future, now Israel's situation was that they were under God's discipline and God's judgment. And this was a reminder to them that even though they are under God's judgment, they still have a glorious future. It shows the loving nature of God. Now, I remember I was talking to someone and they asked me, so what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. And then they looked at me and asked, so do you preach about hellfire and brimstones? 
people think that you know preachers always talk about hell but the reality is when you look at what israel is going through what does god say i have carried you who has carried them i have carried you into exile and the same god says i have a future i have a hope for you this is god's reminder to them that though they are under judgment see sometimes we will walk through certain seasons of life because god will allow that to happen we may walk through certain situations because god will allow that to happen in our life but no matter what it is no matter what happens there is one thing that we can be sure of that god always has a hope and a future for his children see the the devil's task is to always rob god's people of their future sometimes i i meet certain people and they say you know pastor i begin to study but all of a sudden everything goes blank i begin to work towards something but i'm so distracted i'm not able to do something any time i i think about my future or work towards my future there's always so many things that come my way i don't know what to do see this is the devil's tactic to always keep you from becoming the kind of person that god wants you to be his his work is to rob you of your future but god reminds that there is always hope for you there's always hope for you sometimes due to the sickness due to the circumstances we may feel that maybe my life will end this way but god reminds no your end is going to be a glorious one so israelites thought that's it babylon forever god says no 70 years after that i will come i will fulfill my good promise to you i'll take you out of that land god tells them that i have a hope and i have a future for you i don't know about you but you know the last one week i've been thinking of the song that we sang i have a hope and i have a future every time i sing that song i'm reminded of what god has in store for this church i'm reminded of what god has in store for my life for my family because sometimes you know running uh, a ch- a church in this city can cause a lot of anxiety because you know you're always people come to know you this one time i had to visit the police station because they called for some paperwork and after i went there only i realized that they have database of every church now we may not know about you know the churches that are in small streets they know everything they know everything sometimes we may not have a board outside but people know what's happening and sometimes it may feel like you know maybe someone is going to say something to me i remember when i moved into this building one man asked me why didn't you find any other place he basically asked me why are you here There are so many challenges that comes my way and sometimes i wonder god what are you going to do yesterday as i was listening to your testimonies i so encouraged my heart that god is doing all these things even in the midst of difficulty even in the midst of trials i tell you god is continuing to prosper us there are people who don't come to church but they listen online they're connected with us and they get in touch with me and one family we met was vivian uncle's family and there are two others who watch there are many others who watch regularly connect with us and and engage with us and sometimes i wonder god is this really what you're doing through my ministry because i feel so incapable i feel like i cannot do this but every time i get on stage i sense the spirit of god leading me to do what he has called me to do and so i go back home 
with a sense of joy in my heart that God has done something in the church today. Sometimes we may feel like, you know, I'm, I'm good for nothing. I don't know if you have ever grown up with that thought. I've, I've grown up with that thought. I don't know why, but it was my struggle. I felt like I was good for nothing. I was always the participation prize winner. My, my brother was, you know, he would always take first, second. I would always get participation certificates. That, that was my life. I was never, you know, at anything. But somehow, you know, I look, look back at my life and I can say that God has blessed me. I can say that God is mindful of me, that God is thinking of me, even when I don't think about myself, even when I feel like there is no future, no hope, God reminds over and over again, I have a plan for you, and the plan is to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. Church, I want you to remember this, as you step into 2023, at the first morning of the year, we are in God's presence, as you step into 2023, step in with this thinking, that God is thinking about me. He has plans for my life. He has plans for me to prosper. He has plans to give me a hope and to give me a future. And so because of all these things, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid of what challenges may have come my way because I know my God will take care of me. You may have several requirements. You may be praying for certain things, maybe financial, maybe spiritual or whatever, maybe praying about your marriage. I tell you, God has everything set in place for your life. And so don't lose hope. Begin this year with this joy that my God is gonna take care of all my needs. My God has plans for my life and 2023, there's gonna be a year where I will experience God's plans being fulfilled in my life. Amen. Can we all stand up together? Can we all stand up together? Hallelujah, we worship you. The Bible says that he has a plan for us, plan to prosper. He speaks to Israel in a very hopeless place and says, prosper there. Increase, increase. Are you walking through a dry season? Don't give up. Are you walking through a difficult circumstance in life? May I remind you, don't give up. Don't think that your life is over. I cannot do anything. But remind yourself that my God will take care of me. I don't know how many of you feel like giving up. But I want to pray for any one of you who's facing that challenge. That, you know, you want to give up in everything that you do. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord today. Jesus, today, I want to live a life where I don't give up in any circumstance. But a life where I trust you. A life where I'm holding on to you. A life where I say that I know you have plans for me to prosper. Not to give up. A plans to prosper. Help me, Lord. Help us, Lord, we pray. Can we spend a few minutes in prayer? Just ask the Lord. Just ask the Lord. Hallelujah. Just pour out your heart before him. And tell him, Jesus, as I begin this year, remind me that you have a plan for me. That you have a hope for my life. That I know everything will go well simply because of what you are going to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father. 
we worship you lord help us to prosper in the dry places of life help us to remember every day that you are mindful of us help us to remember that you have a plan to give us a hope and a future just as your word says that you are the god of all hope christ in us the hope of glory and lord i pray that today from this day on as we step into this two year 2023 we will walk with you more than ever that we will experience your presence more than ever we pray lord that you fill us with hope pray for anyone here in this place battling with hopelessness battling with fear in their hearts pray oh lord that you would change them help them overcome every challenge that they are facing help them in jesus name we pray amen amen